Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's an honor to be back with y'all this morning, to be here, to be on this stage. I love y'all. I've missed y'all. We're going to worship in this morning. It's rainy outside, but I'm committed to being a little more active than the gloom is outside. How's everybody feel about that this morning? Amen, amen. We're going to praise Him because we can use His name in any situation, in any circumstance of life, and He's in control. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to pray this morning. I'm just going to encourage you to stand as we welcome in the presence of the Lord. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your promises that we stand on. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for your goodness and just getting us here. Some of us had issues getting here this morning. As I raise my hand and we thank you for your goodness in providing a way to be here this morning. In Jesus' name and all the saints said, why would I worry when giants come calling my name? Let's sing this out, my God. My God is so much bigger than troubles I face. Why would I hunger for power or riches or fame? Why would I? God is so much better than all of these things. Yes, He is. Let's sing. I won't. So I won't be shaken. I won't be moved. Cause my God is faithful. His promise is true. So I use my words. Not to the mountains Oh, it's time to move My God is bigger better, stronger greater than you Yes, it is. Let's say amen if you believe that Enemies scatter They know the battle is done Amen God is stronger, the victory's already won. We're gonna sing about how he died. He died for my ransom and rose up on the third day. Let's sing this out, cause my God, cause my God is greater than death. Too high, no valley too low. There's no fear that I 
doesn't already know there's no problem to live there's no weapon too strong there is nothing for god the temptation Jesus. He's a good God. Amen. The mountains have to move in his name. Amen. In Jesus name, Father God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for the power that you give us through our words on your name, through your son, Father God. In Jesus name. We thank you for a long week that's come to a close for a new, better, brighter week to start, Father God. In Jesus' name, let's sing this out. Why else would rocks cry out? Who else would rocks cry out to worship? Whose glory taught the stars to shine? Perhaps creation longs to have the words to sing. But this joy is mine, yes it is. With a thousand hallelujahs, we magnify your name. You alone deserve the glory, the honor and the praise, Lord Jesus. This song is forever yours A thousand hallelujahs And a thousand more Who else would die for our redemption? Whose resurrection means our rise in time enough to sing of all you've done but I have eternity to try with a thousand hallelujahs we magnify your name you alone deserve the glory the honor and the praise Lord Jesus this song is forever yours A thousand hallelujahs And a thousand more 
Jesus, this song is forever yours. A thousand hallelujahs and a thousand more. We thank you, God. Jesus, this song is forever yours. A thousand hallelujah, and a thousand more. A thousand more. song is forever yours a thousand hallelujahs and a thousand more in jesus name god is so good all the time god is so good all the time before 
we transition to our next part of service. Um, we're going to offer an opportunity for prayer. If anybody in here would like for our elders and our prayer team to pray with you, they would love to. If you're online, you can email us at prayer at gracesummitchurch.org and they would love to be praying about that this week. Um, as we get ready to transition to a time of prayer, I've been reading through the Old Testament and I'm reading through 1 Samuel right now. And I was talking to Pastor about this a couple weeks ago. My favorite part I've read so far in 1 Samuel is Samuel's mother. When she's so grieved, she can't bear children. And she goes and she prays and it says she's weeping and she's grieving. But then she speaks with the Lord and she says, I'll give him to you if you bless me with a son. And then it says she, after she, the Lord blesses her with a son, that she's given many more sons after that. So she had to dedicate Samuel to the Lord and a life of being a prophet. But she got many more children after that for her obedience and her faith. That was my favorite part of it, is that in her weeping, that when, but when she was told that the Lord would bless her, she believed it and she stood on it. And then she followed through with her promise that she would dedicate her baby. And it's just stuck with me. I read it weeks ago and it stuck with me. Because in 1 Samuel 1, in verse 20, it says, And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son and called him Samuel. For she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. She said, I asked for him from the Lord. So he's here. So I just want to encourage you, whatever's going on in your life, we have the ability to stand on faith that he will give us the promises he said he would in Jesus' name. Wanna be close, close to your side So heaven is real and death is a lie I wanna hear voices of angels above Singing as one, hallelujah Holy, holy God Great I am, who is worthy, none beside Thee, God Almighty, great I am. I want to be near, near to Your heart, loving the world. Hating the dark, I wanna see dry bones living again, singing as one. Hallelujah, holy, holy, God Almighty, the great I am, who is worthy. None beside Thee, God Almighty, great I am. Great I am. We sing of Your goodness, Lord. i 
mountains shake before him, the demons run and flee. At the mention of the name, King of Majesty, there is no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence of the great I am, the great before him in Jesus name the mountains shake before him the demons run and flee at the mention of the name king of majesty there is no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence the great I am the great I the great I am, the great I am, the great I am, the great I am, oh, 
We lift your name up, Father. We thank you. Come on. Let's, let's just lift our hands up again. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We give you glory and honor. Amen. Everybody say amen. 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 You know, we, we don't, um, um, we should not let the rocks have any place in our life. Amen. We should be the ones willing to worship. Um, well, Pastor Chris, I don't feel like worshiping today. Well, suck it up. Can I have an amen? Uh, you know, uh, that's, that's called the sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of praise is actually two different ways to look at that. Sometimes the sacrifice of praise is because you don't want to. But the other way to look at it is it's always the best. You know, if you sacrifice something for somebody, you ought to give their best. I'm telling you, I'm tired of people coming to the church. I've had this, we've had, I'm 30 years, 30 years now, 35 years. We have a DVD player that don't work. We thought we'd give it to the church. Maybe y'all can use it. Well, if it don't work, we can't use it either. Can I have an amen? And uh, so anyway, I, uh, as you get ready uh, with your, if you got your, um, as we get ready to receive our offering. Thank you, baby. Good job. Give Molly a good hand clap. Amen. I always love Molly. Leading worship and uh, reminds me of fond days. Now that she's all grown up, can I have an amen? And uh, I don't, I mean that with all the compassion because she's doing great in Nashville and I'm so thankful. I, uh, she, she mentioned something. I just thought I'd use this for offering. You know, if you need an offering envelope there in front of you, if you need a connection card there in front of you. I just told somebody the other day, and maybe I shouldn't have, I just gave up on connection cards. I just about have given up on all of it. I can ask people to fill them out and they don't. I can ask you to do the QR code and they don't. And I'm talking about the regulars. Now, what we did for a while was we asked all the regulars to get a connection card. And the reason we asked all the regulars to get a connection card is so if you ain't regular, you don't feel out of place getting a connection card. Does that make sense? We're using positive peer pressure. Can we have an amen? And man, I couldn't get people to do that either. And one of the reasons we did, well, I, and I actually had one guy say, he goes, I don't want to waste the paper. I said, well, brother, I'm going to send you, at that time, I said, I'm going to send you a we miss you card if you don't fill out a card. He said, well, I don't want you to waste the postage. I said, well, brother, just fill out the card. And we sent him about three we miss you cards in a row. And he said, why do you keep sending me these? I said, are you filling out the connection card? He goes, no. I said, well, you got one of two choices. You can either save four cents of paper or you can save a 40 cent stamp. I said, whichever one you want to choose to save is the one. And he looked at me and he said, I guess I'll do the connection card. I thought, oh, what a heavy weight we bear in the kingdom. Can I have an amen? And so uh, if you need anything updated, please use the connection card. We may go back to that and just beat people into submission. Can I have an amen? Well, I got one amen. Thank God. I guess nobody's happy about that. Praise God. We're going to have to maybe preach hard today. Get some light. First Samuel chapter 1. Molly used this verse uh, or this story. This is verse 8. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to Hannah, why do you weep? Why not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting in, uh, by the door of the tabernacle. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. And her child is the last prophet that served Israel 
Samuel, considered by some to be one of the greatest prophets. Um, have you ever thought of this? She gave something to God she didn't even have. And Molly even came up with the other side. And after she gave it and honored it and fulfilled it. You know, Corinthians says, actually, it says you can have a willing heart, but not follow through or a willing mind, as it says. You got to have a willing mind. But who in here knows that if you've got just a willing mind and no obedience, I had a guy say one time he was at a conference one time when they were raising money for a Bible college and the guy was just talking and talking. He said, I said to myself, as soon as they take the offering, I'm going to go to the bathroom. He said, I didn't want to get up and interrupt. He said, but I knew when the ushers stood up, that'd be a little distraction. Well, the guy preached for about an hour and a half about what the Bible college was doing and everything out. And he said, all of a sudden, he said, and the minister speaks, said, I know there's at least a number of people, he said, I believe, who were willing to give $1,000 for future ministry and missions. And he says, the moment he said that, I, he goes, I didn't know what he said. Really, he says, I just made up my mind. I cannot sit here in pain any longer. I got to go potty. He said, so I jumped up. He said, the moment I jumped up, the preacher goes, there's one right there willing to give $1,000. He said, a bunch of people jumped up. I said, what did you do? He says, well, I went to the bathroom. I said, did you give $1,000? He says, no, I wasn't willing. Can I have an amen? But everybody else was willing. Now, nothing, just pointing out that so you can remember that. You got to have a willing mind. And um, Hannah had a willing mind. So much that when she had the baby, I still could cry over this. Could you imagine raising that baby, loving on that baby, knowing this is a miracle baby, and have to walk him down to the priest and turn him over? And then you get to visit him once a year. And I can't imagine what she did once a year. You know, she had little gift boxes or gift bags and new clothes. Didn't have cameras. Couldn't take no selfie. I wonder if whenever she's hugging him, she just yunked out a big tuft of hair so she could take it. <laughs> Mama, what's that? I don't know, baby, that was a bug. I don't know what that was. Probably a big rat bitch in the head, I'm sorry. But why? Because she loved that child. But yet, because she honored the Lord, God gave her other sons after that. You reap what you sow. That principle is eternal. And so right now, as we get ready to give, always trust in that principle because that's God's principle. And um, even when you're bitter of heart, that's the part that I love about that. She did that when she was bitter of heart. She made that vow and God honored it. Well, I've got to be in the right frame of mind or right heart. No, you don't. You just got to be honest. You got to be sincere with God. And so as we get ready to give, I want you to hold your offering in your hand or your phone. I don't have my phone with me. Okay, I'll use, I'll use my notes to hold on to. And... Uh, as you get ready to give, whether you're online or in person, um, there's give.gracesummitchurch.org. Uh, put the QR code back up. Just leave it up while we uh, talk. And uh, amen. Uh, Grace Summit, Zell, Cash App, and all that. Um, but no matter what, you know, there's a, who in here has heard crazy news this week? There was a bank they thought was going to be okay. The FDIC takes it over tomorrow, I think. Uh, there's always something. There's always going to be something. Can I have an amen? Always something to distract. So hold your offering in your hand. Father, today, whether through digital cash or check or whatever, Father, we honor you with our first fruits. We honor you with our tithes and offerings. And Father, we operate under the principles of giving and receiving, sowing and reaping. So therefore, Father, we cast our seed 
knowing that we shall receive harvest in due time. We thank you, Father, that we look unto you, the author and the finisher of our faith, and we look unto the hills from whence comes our strength. We do not look or obey carnality or man. We thank you, Father, that your laws and principles are eternal. So, Father, we ask you as a church that you would meet every need of every member in this church. Spirit, soul, body, financial, and social, you meet every need. And Father, for our church, we ask you right now, Father, that you bring in more than $15,000 every week. And some believe for 25, we'll take that too. But Father, we thank you right now that in Jesus' name, we command the angels of God to go forth and to bring our money in. And we take authority and we command Satan and all the demonic forces to take his hands off our money. In Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you that you meet every need and that we have more than enough to always preach the gospel in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. 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 God bless you as you give. You can bring your offering up. Everybody say amen. Throw with me, have your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 30. I'm looking forward to today. And uh, we just started, first, we just were in 1 Samuel. This is 1 Samuel chapter 30. I'm going to use this verse just to quote it. It may be on the screen. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. We're looking at rising above defeat. Who's ever been defeated? Say amen. Who's ever had a loss? And I want to use this, who's ever been bitter or distressed? Now see, that, those, are, those are two words, and I think it's amazing. I really hadn't planned on that, but I read that about Hannah. She was bitter and distressed in her spirit. She had not received what she thought she should be receiving. First Samuel chapter 30, again, this is the story of David and his men in Ziklag. First Samuel 30, verse 1, it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south, Ziklag, attacked Ziklag, and burned it with fire. Had taken captive the woman, those who were there, from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, uh, Hinnom and the, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly, circle it, distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him. Good reason to be distressed. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. You ought to underline that. Then David said to Abathar the priest, Abimelech's son, please bring an ephod here to me 
and Abathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, pursue, and you shall surely overtake them and without fail, recover all. And everybody say amen. amen. Father, we ask you for the next few minutes that you would, as always, illuminate our heart, our mind, our, our, our ears so that we may hear, we may see, we may know what you say in this hour and that our faith can be fed, that we can walk in victory and that Father, you will change lives in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. amen. Uh, uh, so, so I wanna look at a couple of verses here. This here, it says he took and captured. So David has been came to the city. Then David and his people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept. Now I asked again, who's ever had a loss? Who's ever had a big loss? Who's ever had a personal loss? Now those sometimes are hard to overcome. Uh, I, I just had a conversation again this week. Somebody texted me and we got talking and all of a sudden we got talking about dealing with death. And um, I don't know of any son in my opinion on this earth that could have been closer to their daddy than mine, than I was to mine. I love my daddy. And, I'm, and I never could understand my dad talking about missing his mom after 30 years. I figured after 30 years, you just get used to it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you just, but who in here knows it doesn't, it doesn't change with time. Can I have an amen? But I'm telling you, I, I sometimes, especially right after he passed, I'd just be talking to somebody. I'd use what I call a daddyism. One of my favorite daddyisms, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, son. I mean, he used that all the time. I'd say, daddy, what are we gonna do about this? Son, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We ain't even gonna worry about that right now. Don't even talk about that. And I've learned that. And I thank God for, well, I would say that and the moment I say something about that, man, my heart would start to shudder. And I've told you, I can't cry and preach and speak. And all of a sudden, I, <laughs> you know? But every time, thank God he got me prepared. Every time I think about that, I think about daddy in heaven. I think about daddy at the, at the table of the lamb. I think of daddy in a mansion. He always made joke of that. He always joked about that verse. Remember where Jesus is in my house, there's many mansions. If it were not so, I, I go to prepare a place for you. He'd always look at me. He said, there might be mansions, but he didn't say we get one. We get a place. What place are you gonna get? And I'm like, I just want a broom closet. Can I have an amen? I just want in. And we'd always joke about that. You know, he'd be at a service, a service, a funeral. And he'd lean over to me and he'd say, and people all crying and be, you know, just whining. And of course they got grief, no question. Just like they had grief. But daddy would look at me, he'd say, we just hypocrites in the kingdom, just hypocrites. He said, we ought to be rejoicing that that saint's in heaven enjoying the fullness of God. He said, we ought to be sorry for ourselves. He said, yeah, we ought to cry for ourselves. He said, but for that person who died, we ought to be thankful. Don't matter how you die, you ought to be thankful they in heaven. Every time I think about my daddy, I hear him say that to me. Man, I get happy about my dad being in heaven, walking with Jesus, seeing his mama. Can I have an amen? And that stress leaves. What brought stress in their life? Now think of this. They've been riding for three days and they come upon Ziklag and it's burned with fire. And all of a sudden they are distressed. Why? The word of God hadn't changed. The kingdom hasn't changed. The spirit of God hasn't changed. Only thing that's changed is what they see and deal with. And that is their wives and their children are all gone. Now that is a good reason to be stressed. Can we say amen? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being stressed. But you don't need to stay stressed or bitter of heart. Now that word bitter, I'll put it in my notes because I wanted to use it. That word bitter is the word mar, 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 mar or marar, or marar. I can't pronounce it exactly right. 
Uh, I, I can't figure out how it goes. It is bitterness, bitter, grieved, vexed, provoked. This is the part that gets me, to embitter oneself. Now, who's ever had something happen and you all of a sudden start getting bitter at, in, your, in yourself? But you can get bitter towards God, especially if you've had really bad preaching. And I had a pastor one time and he told me, he said, I'm just mad at God. I'm just mad at God. God made me do this. I said, well, you're never gonna want blessed. And he said, why? I said, because the Bible says, if you're willing and obedient, first Isaiah one, you'll eat the good of the land. I said, you might be obedient, but you're not willing, you're bitter. He goes, well, it's just God's fault. I looked at him, I said, well, can I throw something out? He goes, why? I said, did you agree to this? He goes, yeah. I said, then it's your fault. I said, you gotta have some responsibility in it. He, I said, you didn't have to do this. We was talking about ministry and life. I said, you didn't have to do this. Now, yeah, I can be a hard cuss sometimes with people. You tell me God told you to do something and you complain about it, I don't care to hear anything you say after that hardly. I really don't. I hadn't wanted to do anything God told me to do. Well, let's give you a cherry on top for excitement. Can I have an amen? It's getting real quiet. It's getting real quiet. Now, the reason I say that, I've met people who, who for public sake and PR, oh, God has sent me here. And then off in the private room with the other pastors, man, I can't stand this place. Stupid people, stupid area. I hate this town. And yet publicly, you're going to sit there and basically lie. Oh, God sent me here. Now, you know why they stay bitter? They choose to. And David and his, uh, uh, I'm going to use the phrase uh, disciples or his team here, they had to choose not to be bitter. But they weren't doing real good at it. In fact, I'll throw this out. None of them did good at it except David. Because it says David's the only one who strengthened himself in the Lord. Who in here has ever gone through hard times? Say amen. Who in here knows when you might go through them again? I'm gonna just throw this out so everybody understands where I'm at. I don't like hard times. I like easy times. I like 65 degree temperature year round. All the time. With a ceiling fan going on in the bedroom. Can I have an amen? I want it cool. I don't wanna be hungry. I don't want the internet to go out in the name of Jesus. Can I have an amen? especially when I'm doing work. I want it to be what I want, how I want, all the time. Can I have an, am I the only one? I want me some Coke or coffee or water and a good book, ready to go at all times. I have a Kindle on my phone. And so if you put me in line at a store and I gotta wait, I'm reading a book. Let me be in line at the Chick-fil-A for Jesus chicken, I'm reading a book or I'm listening to a podcast. Always got something. But hard times come. Man, they beat you up. Sometimes you get attacked by sickness and disease. I don't know, here's what's funny. It always amazes me about preaching. Um, I got certain things that hurt sometimes. Because I'm 57, can I have an amen? And I have done some stupid things, like pick up lawnmowers when I was 20 and pull, pull my back. And I have to fight that one every now and then because I did, I did something, but thank God overall. 
But you know what? You let me get to preaching, none of it hurts. None of it hurts. My hands don't hurt. I have typed all my life. I love typing. I have typed, and my joints sometimes will hurt. But you let me get to preaching, ain't nothing hurting. Knees don't hurt. Shoulders don't hurt. I mean, I have full movement. If I could do this all the time, I'd be happy. Can I have an amen? I feel, but who in here knows sometimes you, you, get, you get out of the anointing, you get out of whatever, and you have to go through something. That's aggravating. But if you constantly look at that, you will stay distressed. Now, David strengthened himself in the Lord. I've always hated that passage for one reason. I like, I use this, I was talking to Harold yesterday and we were talking and this goes back, we was talking about that pool and having to rebuild those pumps and stuff and I'm having to do this at my HOA and help with that. And I like, I thank God for YouTube. Can I have an amen? You can figure out how to do anything. I read about one woman who didn't have the money to buy a house so she bought some land and built her own house with YouTube videos. She laid the foundation, she framed it, she wired it, she plumbed it, she roofed it all by herself and saved her about $50,000. That's pretty good, can I have an amen? YouTube. There ain't no YouTube videos to do what I need to do. Can I have an amen? Makes me aggravated. So I found this one guy who told how to do it. He wrote it out. But who in here knows sometimes writing it out, it makes sense, but you can't see it. I like it when they say, grab this and stick this there. Not grab these flange. Well, what if I don't know what a flange is? And when it says David strengthened himself in the Lord, I want more breakdown on that. I want number one, number two, number three, number four, number five points on how to do this. Again, I've told you before, sometimes I can be a legalist. I like that. It gives me safety. I feel like I'm in my little comfort zone. Can I have an amen? I know I'm doing my part. I'm doing my stuff. One, two, three, four, five. It don't say that. But everything I can study says this is basically what he did. The word strengthen there. Everybody say strengthen. He strengthened himself in what? In what? Say it well, say it loud. The Lord. It is the word hazag. It means to take courage, to be courageous, to encourage yourself, to strengthen, to prevail, to be strong, to be firm. I like this. To grow firm or to be resolute. Who in here knows it takes some resoluteness to look around and see everything burning? everything gone and you look at it and you say the word of God still is true the Bible is still right I'm not going to move off this I'm going to walk in line and I'm not going to pay attention to everything else that I'm dealing with I, uh, I told everybody in the Bible study in the Revelation Bible study it's a great Bible study we're having a lot of fun um, and I told them about something I'm reading and said what's amazing it's a military thing and in this one military battle this one side got really defeated. And instead of just attacking and attacking and attacking, which is what I would do because I want them gone, this one commander realized they're really no threat anymore. I'll just ignore them. <laughs> and he just left them and went about his business doing what he needed to do. He could have kept looking at him. And it's, it's actually implied that had he done that, it would have probably lengthened the war by a year or two because it would have taken 
focus off what he could have, or let me say, what he did do, the focus could have left. Because he did that, he shortened the war, which is a good thing, and everybody say amen, because war is terrible. Strengthened in the Lord. Now this is get simple. The older I get though, the more complicated I think things are, the more simple life really is. Life really isn't that deep. There was a minister in Charlotte years ago by the name of Robin Gould, he's in heaven now. I was at a pastor's luncheon and I helped put it on a little bit and knew the guys, so I got to sit near this pastor, Robin Gould. Um, a black brother, he uh, was raised by, had a white mom and daddy who was adopted, went to Oral Roberts. Strong man of faith, strong man of prayer, and I loved his church because it was built very, um, Oral, um, Oral Roberts University, the glass and stuff. And God had blessed him so much, he had a, what was that? Did y'all hear that? I command it to stop in Jesus' name, okay. He had, uh, had uh, he owned about five or six radio stations in Charlotte. Uh, I mean, his, his great ministry, had a Christian school, had a six-lane bowling alley in the basement of the church. Can I have an amen? From the men of God who like to bowl. Can I have an amen? I mean, that was just a regular built-in men's night, women's night. And I mean, just did great. And I remember sitting at this table, and some, some things like this marked me when I was in my 20s. And he, um, somebody else, and again, I'm not saying nothing because I'm a nobody. And my opinion is I need to shut up and learn and listen. And somebody asked him something about, you know, what was the secret to his church success? And he looked out, I still remember, he put his fork down. He said, you know, he goes, I don't have one. He said, as God is my witness, all I try to do is pray and obey, like Dr. Cho said. He said, in fact, to be honest, he goes, I can't even identify with half of these guys. He said, I know God's been good to us. He goes, I know it looks like we're blessed. He goes, I know, he said, we've had to fight for stuff. In fact, I knew this about his ministry from being a kid. The first probably 10 years of his ministry, he lost as many people as he gained because he wouldn't go into debt to build a building. And he met in a hotel. And so if you went to his church and you worked in his church, you had to come in every Sunday morning early and set up and stay late and break down. And people got mad at him. I don't know why we don't just go in debt. But he said, the Lord told me not to go in debt, so we won't go in debt. So they didn't go in debt. They built their building debt-free, bought the land, raised money and did a foundation, raised men again, six-lane bowling alley, beautiful. Can I have an amen? In fact, one night, Lester Sumrall was at his church, who I loved Lester Sumrall. Got to sit on the front row, got to eat dinner with Lester, because by this time I got to know Pastor Gould a little bit. And we're sitting there, all of a sudden, Pastor Gould stands up on the stage. He says, we just want to bless the man of God on his 80th birthday. He says, thereby we are given $80,000 to Dr. Sumrall's ministry. It was called Feed the Har- uh, Feed, um, End Time Harvest, the Joseph program. And they were feeding Christians all around the world. He says, we've got $80,000 to buy food. You can't give $80,000 if you got a big debt. Can I have an amen? But he took criticism. I remember people, I remember standing in the back of churches hearing people talk about different Well, I just don't know what's wrong with him. He ought to just buy bar, get some money and build a building. I mean, he's got like six, 700 people. He ought to do something. He was obeying God. And he looked at the, the pastor he's talking to, and I still remember sitting like this way and watching. He goes, I don't understand them guys. He says, they complain all the time, fuss all the time. He says, I'm not saying life's been easy. He said, in fact, it has, it's been hard. He said, but all I do is pray and obey. That's it. He says, and I'm not gonna talk to anybody else. Now, you know where he learned that from? Dr. Oral Roberts. Dr. Oral Roberts said, this, these are the three steps 
to success. Find out the will of God, do the will of God, and confer no more with man, because man will talk you out of the will of God. Thank y'all for that wealth of enthusiasm. That is how you stay out of being defeated and being bitter and stressed. Because it's easy when you look at everything else. I'll use this, I mentioned this earlier, I was going to use this. I heard a minister say, so when I used to travel, I learned this from another minister, when I used to travel, I did these taking your family for God nights. And we'd have people all week and they'd bring pictures up and stuff, believing for their sons, their daughters, their sons and daughters in sin, wickedness, witchcraft, you know, hell's angels, whatever. And uh, they, they would have pictures up there. And then all week we would pray over their names and we had these cards we'd fill out. And then, uh, in fact, we did it at the landing one time. And then, and I always had good success with it. People would come back to the Lord. One guy actually had left his wife and just drove away. And I knew his wife. And I didn't blame him. Can I have an amen? No, I'm just being honest. She was kind of a bossy, gripey woman. And um, we prayed, and he, he, was, he told me later, because he, he had that church rededicated his life. He said, I was driving through New York City with all my um, motorcycle riding buddies. Actually, <laughs> motorcycle gang. Can I have an amen? Okay. He goes, they weren't buddies. They were gangs. And he goes, something came over me and told me I had to come home. He said, so I told them bye and drove home. He said, came to church the next Sunday and rededicated my life. He said, my life ain't never been the same. But in talking to her one night after that service where we had prayed, she comes up to me and she says, what, you know, can you pray for him? And she had a Polaroid. And I mean, the spirit of God come with me. I said, I'm going to pray for him. I said, he, I don't know, I've never done stuff like this sometimes, but it came out. I said, he's going to come home. I said, but you got to do something. And she what? And this is like what I said to her. I said, you got to shut up and leave him alone. She looked at me. I said, because I've heard you before. I've heard you out in the foyer talking about him. Well, he just ain't the man of God he should be. I mean, right beside him. If Bob, if Bob would be a prayer warrior, God would move. If Bob just came to church, what is she doing? She is so focused on all his negatives, all his ills, she can't see the grace of God doing anything in his life. That's all she's given credit to, all she's given credence to. I said, you leave him alone. I said, quit that. I said, I don't blame him for leaving. Who in here knows that sometimes love comes out mean sounding? Can I have an amen? There's nothing in here but love. That's all I'm trying to do is help. I mean it. And I said, now when he comes home, I said, just love him. I said, treat him like you did when you got married. I said, love on him. Get him coffee. Just, 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 I said, and quit. And I used this phrase. I heard, I said, don't ding dong him about church. She looked at me. I said, I said, because I said, I said, I guarantee you've probably been looking at, boy, God would move. You know, we sure had a good service this morning. I wish you were there. Everybody asked about you because of this principle right here. This is one of the things I cannot stand in church. Cannot stand this. And I've done it and it irritates me. You let somebody for whatever reason miss a few Sundays, surgery, family, work, and they walk back in the door. Oh, we got a visitor here. We ain't seen you in a long time. Never having grace that life may have been hard on them. Can I have an amen? I've met people who left church for such a reason. Just because, again, I know the people who've said it. I've done it. Didn't mean nothing by it. Just trying to be fun. Tried to have some joy. Can I have an amen? But sometimes it can come across wrong. And I've met people. Miss one Sunday. Well, we're glad to have a visitor back. We sure have missed you. Why not just be thankful they're there? Can I have an Amen. But ding-dong them, hit them all the time, fuss at them all the time. 
We don't know why. I'll tell you right now, God would move in your life if you just did this. That helps breed, that breeds bitterness. It doesn't breed joy. You know why Jesus went to the cross? I'll throw it this way. You know how he went to the cross? Because is it not true? He didn't want to go. He didn't. He asked God. He said, let this code pass from me. He goes, he goes it's not my will. He, he submitted to it. But there's a moment where he's like, God, I don't want to do this. If there's any way you can get me out of this, do it. Is that right? Say amen. What does Hebrews 12 says? It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame. Joy in the morning made him go through that. He did not look at all the brokenness, all the goofiness, all the surroundings, how bad it is in America today. I've said this before, you may disagree, I don't care. I'm right and you're wrong. Can I have an amen? I'm just teasing. But I've heard this all my life. Oh, if America gets any worse, God's gonna have to repent to Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, I will say we're getting pretty bad when the state of California is proposing a law that will allow the death of a child 28 days after birth. After birth, that's demonic. And we ought to fight against that with everything we got as Christians. Because why? Because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. But we're worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. The whole town turned out to rape the two angels. I don't see all of McDonough turning out to do those things. Can I have an amen? I'm quite certain that's because many people in McDonough are well armed. Can I have an amen? But, throw this out. Did Jesus die for the sins of McDonough? And does grace not abound where sin abounds? So isn't the grace of God more powerful than sin? But yet, isn't it funny how we don't focus on the grace of God? We just watch all the negative. Get all bitter. I'll tell you right now, the problem with America is the Republicans. Problems the Democrats. Problems the Libertarians. No, that's true. No, I'm just teasing. Okay, I'm just teasing. You know, you know, whatever it is, a problem is this. Problem is that. And yet the hope is that Jesus comes into someone's life. I've, I've shared it before. There's a guy in Alabama, a black minister. He's won over 100 KKK members to the Lord that hate black people, are opposed to anything, and what he does is he loves on one of them at a time. He just becomes friends with them and loves on them wins them to the Lord, and they leave that. Go to church with him. Have fellowship with him. He could just look at him and go, y'all are all going to hell. I'm not even gonna mess with you. But yet grace and mercy and not letting bitterness direct his life lets him see there's something else out there. I one time went to a bank in um, Stockbridge. This is when I was on staff at Living Way, and the, the bank had a teller who was from England. Well, I can't do a real good English accent, but I do my worst Molly. Good day. You know, do my good day. You know, thing. <laughs> and the woman. So every now and then I went, I either went, had this English lady or this older white lady. Now you could tell this older white lady was put together. All the hair, the makeup, the jewelry. She, I mean, she dressed very fashionable, very high end. I probably was oh, 
38, 39, 37, something like that. This woman here is old. She's, in, she's almost 60. Can I have an amen? Now that I'm 57, that ain't old at all. Can I have an amen? Everybody got me? Okay, just mock it. And so she, um, what's funny is I got to where I like going to the, the British chick all the time because she was happy. And I would watch the older lady, the other lady, she'd be seeming nice and I'd walk up and the moment I got up there, man, she got mean. Is that all you need? I mean, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I don't really need anything else. I finally told her one day, I said, ma'am, I said, I can wait in another line. I'll wait on her. I mean, just spiteful, mean, argumentative. Has everybody got me just snippy? Yeah. <laughs> this is not endorsed. Like, I, I, I actually got up that morning and I went through the deposits and I found at least two or three checks, not endorsed, that I could stick in there just to screw her day up. Can I have an amen? <laughs> and I'd say, I'm sorry, well, I'd take it out and fix it. Finally, one day something happened. I said, can I ask you a question? She said, yeah. I said, you okay? I, I said, what's wrong? And I mean, all of a sudden, just like anger pulled up in her face. She goes, after 30 years of marriage, my husband left me. She goes, and I, my alimony dried up and I have to sit in here and work. I said, well, I said something like, I said, well, I, I don't mean this wrong, but it ain't my fault. And I said, I, you know, I'm sorry that happened. I said, but God's got better things. She said, yeah, but I can't forget it. I'm never going to forgive him. So here he is, off living his best life with the secretary or whoever he left her for. And here she is, mad and ticked off every day because she has to work. Now, I get that's not what she thought her life would be. Can I have an amen? And I personally think that we should take a board and hit him in the head. Can I have an amen? But who in here knows that the grace of God can redeem him? Amen. Redeem the girlfriend or whoever it was? Yeah. But it can redeem her if she'll accept it. Yeah. But since she focused on the bitterness of what had happened, she had never let it go. Yeah. Now, I throw this out. Who in here has ever been hurt? I mean royally hurt. I have been hurt twice in church once by my best friend, once by an organization. Both times, painful. Both times, bitter, evil, mean. The second, but both times, there was not one bit of regard for my family financially or how we would manage. No, but either time. Leg, I mean, just the legs cut out from under me. And if we starve, we starve. Now that could make me mad. Here's what's funny, it never bothers me. I never go there in, in thought. If it comes up, I'll make sure I, I, I change my thoughts. Every now and then, I'll have somebody say, what happened? That don't happen now. One of them was 30 years ago. One of them uh, was 10 years ago. And I'll tell the story about it. And to be honest, neither story really makes me mad unless I get into the nitty-gritty. Has everybody got me? Let me get the nitty-gritty, and I can feel in here just getting kind of upset, getting kind of stirred, getting kind of angry. And I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave it alone. I won't even go there anymore. I'll just say, but you know, they, they just, they messed up. I said, God's still good to me. I said, God's faithful to me and my family. I said, in fact, God's taking care of us all the time. I said, I ain't gonna worry about that. Can I have an amen? You have to choose what you look at. I haven't done my points, but my time's about up. The first point is you need to turn your face to God, which is what David did. That's part of the strengthening in the Lord. But two, you need to watch what you see. 
and I'm gonna throw this out a little more next week, you need to watch what you say. Because what you say dictates your heart. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing. And if all you do is see and talk bitterness and death and destruction, that's all you will ever get in people's lives. Talking about the woman whose husband came home, I actually told her, I said, quit telling him he's going to hell. I said, quit telling him he ain't living right. I said, quit doing those things. I said, all you're doing is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Who's ever met a parent who does this? This is, I never did this. I've never said this. I will never say it over my grandkids. Well, he's going through the terrible twos. You know what a two-year-old does? Annoy you. Can I have an amen? That's what a two-year-old does. You know why? They're two. That's all they know. Oh, it's just oh, the terrible twos. Why not speak death over them? Why not look at them and say, thank God they're a blessing from the Lord. Thank God they are, they're the heritage of the Lord in my life. Thank God they're a gift into my life. It's a gift that I get to pick up this dirty diaper and this spilt milk. It's a gift, can I have an amen? And yes, it gets frustrating, and yes, but if all you ever speak into them is how bad they are, how foolish they are, how much of a loser they are, I've watched parents do that. You are never gonna be nothing. What's wrong with you? And then 15, 16 years later wonder, I just don't know why our kids don't wanna be involved in church. Well, I do. Because they don't wanna be involved in anything that you say is love if you ain't loved them. So don't watch your words on that. And watch your eyes. Keep your eyes on things. That's one of the things I love. Who's ever heard of vision boards? Yes. You know, I think it's funny though. You know, stuff that's in the Bible all of a sudden gets popular with the term vision boards. This is the new thing. You know, get on Instagram or TikTok or what's the other? Pinterest. This is my vision board. This is what I'm believing for. You know, the thing about vision is it works. What you see is what you usually are attracted to, almost always. I've even met people. I, I met a guy one time and his first, his, he was, his wife had been married before. Her first husband left her. And so they met in church and they get married. He said about six months into marriage, he said, buddy, she changed. He said, instead of being all loving and you know, just sweet and stuff, he said, all of a sudden, she went, where are you at? Where are you being? You're five minutes late, who are you talking to? He said, he told me, he's a pastor, he goes, I had never cheated, I had never wanted to cheat. He said, but her first husband cheated, he says, I'm having to live up to that. He said, she fusses at me all the time, what should I do? I said, brother, you need some counseling for one. I said, you need to get her some counseling. I said, but I'm gonna just tell you something. I said, until she lets that go, she's gonna treat you that way probably to the rest of your life. I said, so you just have to endure it and be a good soldier. Well, he didn't want to hear that. Can I have an amen? Nobody wants to hear that. I said, that's not grounds for divorce. I don't think. I said, but you need to love her. I said, in fact, I promise you this. If you'll love her through it, she'll love you even more. I said, because what she's used to is love that's conditional, and you need to be like Jesus and give love that's unconditional. I said, just love her through it. I said, she's battling this. I said, she's broken. She's hurt. I said, no, what am I telling him to do? You got to see beyond the brokenness and see the potential. Who in here knows that's a hard thing to do sometimes? Yeah. When all you see is brokenness. And see the potential, especially when it's a loved one. Yeah. 
especially when it's family, especially when it's somebody close, especially when it's America or something like that, there ain't no hope. Who's seen the movie Jesus Revolution? Great movie. Everybody ought to see it. What's funny is, you know what it was? What God moved in? Hippies. And if you talk to most church people back then, they'd say to hell with the hippies. They're going to hell anyway. There ain't no way to reach them. And yet God sovereignly moved in a whole age group that just blew everybody's mind. They used to use that thing, tune in and tune out and whatever, you know, and all that stuff. Just get high, whatever. And yet they were searching and lost. And what's funny is, thank God according to the movie, and it's true. There's a guy by the name of Chuck Smith who saw beyond all that and saw that God could move in those people's lives. And to this day, thank God, Greg Laurie baptizes people in that same spot that they were baptizing people for 60 years ago, 70 years, uh, 50, 50, 60 years ago. Still does it, why? Because God's still doing things. I've told you this before. I've actually preached in the same town for two different pastors. One pastor will sit and tell me how great God's moving. I mean, there's just a spirit of revival. And the other pastor will tell me, man, there ain't God, God ain't doing nothing. We've got a spirit of deception, a spirit of poverty, and a spirit of religion. God can't move in here till we break those spirits. And I'm thinking, well, brother, them other people are doing pretty good. They're excited. Oh, I just don't know. <coughs> I promise you, if you'll talk about how good God is more than you talk about anything else, it's amazing how good God becomes and how bitterness leaves. David strengthened himself in the Lord. Now here's something else as a family. If you will take time as a leader in your family to strengthen yourself, it'll affect everybody else. But if you as the leader, the husband, the mom, the, the husband and wife, the team, or a single parent, if you let yourselves become discouraged, it'll bleed into your kids. Molly told me one day, and it made me feel good and bad at the same time. She was joking and stuff, and she goes, I didn't know adulting would be so hard. I was like, well, suck it up. I said, you just need to be an adult. And she said, well, you never made it look hard. I said, well, that ain't my job. I said, my job was just to take care of you and walk in. And I, I feel bad sometimes, maybe I didn't show her enough that life can be hard. I told her it was. I told her nobody outside my house really cared about her. Cause that's true, not like I do. In my house, she's a princess. In my house, she can have anything she wants, but leave the house and nobody cares. Does everybody got me on that? You know I mean? That's just life. You gotta prove yourself. You gotta be faithful. You gotta be a good steward. You gotta work hard. You gotta apply yourself. But she was like, well, you never made it look hard. I use this line with her all the time. I went, you're welcome. I use it with her all the time. I said, you're welcome for that. I said, that lesson was free. Because one of the other side was, I wasn't looking at how the hard. I look back now, to be honest, sometimes when we had no money and I'm looking for change in the couch and we'd go to McDonald's, me and Sarah Beth and Molly, and I'd get them two Happy Meals and me a glass of water and whatever fries and nuggets they didn't eat, I'd eat. And I hope that God they never ate the cookie. Can I have an amen? Because at least I could get the cookie too and be full for the day. I mean, I remember all the back. I look back on those times now with such fondness and joy. God was so good. I one time had been gone for a week and didn't have anywhere to preach and stuff. And I mean, money was tight. I asked God, I had no idea I was going to pay bills. And I went and checked my P.O. box and I had a $1,000 check in it. And a little note said, Pastor Chris, praying for you. Said, just been all of a sudden, you've been on our heart. He said, and the Lord spoke to us to send this to you. And so when you're ministering, 
I sat in the car and cried in the parking lot of the, the public shopping center where my P.O. box is. I just cried. Because here's what's good. God spoke to them early enough so that I would get the check in the mail when I needed it. He didn't speak to them that morning. He spoke to them about a week ago, a week and a half, because the mail in Atlanta is kind of messed up. Can we all have an amen? So if you look at that, you get bitter. Can I have an amen? I still have stuff that my dad sent me and another friend sent me that is still in postal Bermuda Triangle. We don't know where it's at. And I looked at it, so I let my heart go. I just cried there and thank God. You know why? Because God is good and his mercy endures forever. We may take a shot. What did Paul say? We'll read that next week. I've been hit, but I'm not knocked out. Can I have an amen? And another thing Paul said as we close, while we look not at the things which are seen. Now, when I was a kid growing up, I'd hear people say, it's a Smith Wigglesworth quote. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by how I feel. I'm moved by the word of God. And I like that, but it's totally not true because you are moved by what you see. You just have to choose what you see. You can either be choosed by the things which are seen or unseen. So if you will, put your hand on your Bible. I'm gonna hold mine this way. Because this is what strengthens us. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. That as we bow our heads, we close our eyes. We thank you, Father, that you take bitterness from our life. As we focus on you, bitterness and stress leave our life. Say this with me. I'm too blessed to be stressed. Too anointed to be disappointed. In Jesus' name, Father, we lay at your feet. I'm praying now. I'm sorry. I'm trying back to pray. In Jesus' name, Father, we lay at your feet all the cares of our life, all the bitterness and brokenness. And we say of the Lord, you are our refuge, our hope, our God. In you do we put all our trust. And in Jesus' name, Father, we cast every care aside. We will not be bitter. We will not be stressed because we walk with the good shepherd. In Jesus' name. And we are strengthened now in our hearts because of you. With no one looking around, but this is mostly for online. You'd say, Pastor Chris, I don't know that Jesus is the Lord of my life, but I want to make him the Lord of my life. If that is you, I encourage you to email us at info at gracesummitchurch.org. And all you have to do to make Jesus the Lord of your life is say, Jesus, come into my life. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus has a plan for everybody's life. Jesus desires to transform your life. Now you may not understand what all that means, and that's fine. But if you'd say, I just need a new start in my life. All you have to do is call upon his name. So everybody pray this with me, just so we can do it fresh and new again. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is Lord and you raised him from the dead, Father. So I confess and I submit my life to the Lordship of Jesus. And I am sealed unto the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit. And I will follow him every day of my life and live to his word 
and obey, whether I like it or not, because I am a good soldier in the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So who's redeemed in here? That's a little weak. Who's redeemed in here? There we go. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. All right. That's the way we want to be. People always, you know, oh, why am I here? Why am I in life? Oh, what am I supposed to do? Okay, let me run this through you one more time, right? Lord came for him. So when I tell people, why am I, supposed to, why am I here for? Love each other. Love the Lord. Spread the gospel and walk in the path he set before you. And that's what you're here to do. And they look at me like I have two heads and they mull that one over later on. So I think they have it. All right, well, we have some closing announcements here. I think. There we go. Oh, yeah, there we are. Always uh, uh, scan for your connection page. Connection card, always good to keep up with everybody. We had a lot of, uh, had about, I think, a dozen or more visitors for Easter. So that was great to have those folks. Some of them have returned. Yay. But everybody got to hear it on Easter. I know we have some more. There we go. Small group. Ooh, Book of Revelation. There we go. 945 to 1030. And this is in the room right behind the main sanctuary. All right. Oh, oh this is always fun. This is the uh, first Saturday of this month. I know these are fantastic because they usually run me off for this. I bring, I come down here. Yes, I do. I come down. And then Pastor Lee says, Greg, you can't stay for this. I'm like, hmm, that must be really, really, really good. Because they're running me out, right? They're running me out. All right, of course, every Wednesday, our exclusive Bible study. These are always great. These are always great podcasts, if you want to call them that. And uh, the pastor puts a lot of uh, uh, heart, soul, and effort into these. Oh, a lot of heart. So catch those at 730. Oh, that's it. Okay. So we'll see everybody next week. There is an event coming up in May, but the slide is wrong anyway, so it's good that it missed out. We have a church event coming at the end of May. I'll let you, leave you in suspense till next week on that one, all right? All right, let's go good. Let's stand together. And yes, it stopped raining and the sun is out. Like it ought to be. There you go. So, we'll, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day you've given to us. We thank you for the rain this morning and we thank you for the sun in the afternoon. We thank you for your son who came to give us eternal life. We go now and spread the word that God loves them and Jesus loves them and died for them. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, you are dismissed.